0: Welcome to the Refined Collective Podcast. I'm your host, Kat Harris. This podcast is designed to hold space for honest conversations. From purity culture to faith, sexuality, relationships, identity, culture, deconstruction, and more. My hope is to look doubt in the face, be curious, seek God, and ask meaningful questions to address any elephant in the room with openness, nuance, and grace. I won't pretend to be an expert and definitely don't have all the answers. And though it may feel easier and more comfortable to exist in the black and white, I invite you to discover God with me in the gray and unexpected spaces. So whoever you are, whatever you do or don't believe, you are welcome here and have a seat at this table. Make sure you're subscribed to the Refined Collective Podcast on iTunes, so each week when a new episode drops, it'll download straight to those devices. And while you're at it, if you feel so inclined, leave us a five-star rating and written review. It would be so helpful to get our message out there. All right, let's go ahead and get to it. Test, test, test. <laughs> okay, so we're going to be as honest as if this podcast wasn't going to be aired. Correct. Because we don't know if it's going to be. Correct. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm Catherine. <laughs> Who are Do you? Do you know me as Tutti or Sarah on the podcast? I can't remember. <clears throat> I think Sarah. Sarah. I think Sarah. Sarah. I think Sarah, too. Yeah. For context, if this ever this is like the Blair Witch Project, if it ever gets seen by human ears, <laughs> seen or heard, heard by human ears, we're um you're visiting me,
1: mm-hmm.
0: so we're in my closet. <laughs> I don't know if we've ever the sat anecdotes. so close. <laughs> yeah, Aww. we're in the closet. Also, did you notice um mm. all of my? Hold on, where is it? I have all of these in my closet desk, all of our, um, our Polaroids. Polaroids. Aww. That was on New Year's Eve. I remember that. Our first New Year's Eve together. I think
2: this is the, the New Year's Eve that was the impetus for everyone thinking that we're a couple, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, it didn't help.
2: It didn't help. <laughs> we just love each other so much.
0: We love each other so much. I remember
2: um, I tried to make my hair all, like, high fashion, but the shape of my head (laughs) gets in the way.
0: You're like, hey, Arnold. (laughs) But as we learned this morning, when you tried on my hat, I guess my head is bigger than yours. Yeah. Probably, like, (laughs) ego-wise and physically. (laughs) Okay, so you're visiting me for a few days. Mm -hmm. And since this is called Dear Diary... I figure we'd start off reading one of my middle school diaries mm-hmm. and just just jump right in. Jump right in. Okay. This is the one I, okay, I'm just going to read both of these. September 11th, 1997. Wow. September wow. 11th. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Boy, did I not know Mm-mm. what was ahead. No one did. Ugh. I hate watching golf. It's so underlined three times. Boring. Everyone is like, wow, she made a birdie. And I'm like, okay, that's nice. Where's the bird? (laughs) Another sport that is a gag to watch is football. What is it with guys in football? It's so dumb. All it is is a group of men that run around with egg-shaped balls in their hands. (laughs) In my opinion, there is no point in golf and football.
2: I really just wish I would have known you when you were that young and
0: opinionated. (laughs) Has much changed? (laughs) Nope. (laughs) Okay. Um, This was from, oh, this is weird, three days before, although it's on the page before. So September 14th, 1997. I've gotten in trouble so many times, but this is what stands out most. (laughs) My mom and I were fighting about just nothing, and we were just yelling at the top of our lungs. Then I got sent to my room. Then she came in and said, are you ready to apologize for your behavior? And I said, you're the one who needs to apologize. It went on and on forever.
2: Forever. Do you remember? Or wait, how old were you then? 94?
0: I was ninety seven. So oh this was the, I was in the seventh grade. This is my journal from the seventh grade. So you hence the daisies on the front cover. Got it. That's made with um
2: wrapping paper or what's that called? It's um, the
0: it's the sticky paper that yeah. goes in drawers. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Um we had we used to do this in Puerto Rico too.
0: Yeah. We wrap all of our books. In the olden days. In the olden
2: days. Kids don't know <laughs> kids the don't what, know. what we needed to do to show our personality. Mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm. To express ourselves. Mm-hmm.
0: Now they just have iPads. They didn't know that when you covered your books at the beginning of the year, you know, it was a statement, political and Mm fashion-wise. Okay, I feel like my knee is in your crotch. It's
2: it's about four inches
0: away. (laughs) Sorry. For context. (laughs) Um, Well, there's a lot for us to
2: talk about, even though we've spent the last 48 hours together. Yeah. I think that's actually really amazing about Friends. Um, like girlfriends that, I mean, obviously guy friends too, but I never run out of things to talk to you about. I know. You know? Yeah. Yet I go on dates sometimes and I'm like, God, I'm so bored from like five minutes in. I know. What is that
0: about? I think something that you and I have been like kind of workshopping in our conversations (laughs) for the last year is like, am I expecting my husband, my partner, my boyfriend to basically be you? Mm-hmm. Am I looking for a man to be a woman, essentially?
2: Like a best friend. Yeah. Like an like everything Yeah. To me. Yeah. Because
0: how many times have we also talked about Everyone always says, "Marry your best friend." Mm-hmm. Well, I don't want to have sex with my best friend. Yeah, so let the record like, <laughs> show that we do not want to have sex with each other. <laughs> I mean, I could literally live with you for the rest of my life. Same. We could even share a bed, yeah. like we do, mm-hmm. and
2: and it'd be a great life. It'd be
0: a great life,
2: right? But we'd be missing a lot of what you and I are both craving. Yeah, which is that like partnership intimacy Mm -hmm. which obviously we have in a different way Mm -mm. that we'll never be able to get yeah yeah
0: what do you think is Mm -hmm. fair to expect out of a partner like
2: fuck I don't know I know at this point I really don't I don't know anything
0: anymore
2: I feel like there's a lot to unpack in this episode I feel like there's a lot of like Disappointment, mm-hmm. anger on my end, yeah. some like confusion, just some kind of like give up. Yeah, <laughs> is there a word for give up?
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I am am wearing my give up sweatpants right now.
2: <laughs> I kind of feel like throwing my hat, my hands in the air, <laughs> <laughs> be like, well, fuck it, like fuck this shit. I mean, can I?
0: Yeah, this episode? Is yeah, okay? I do. Okay.
2: I just feel like I don't know what to expect anymore because, like, you and I have talked so much. At this point, I expect so fucking little. Yeah. And it's still not met. Mm -hmm. So it's like, then, what? What then? What are we doing here? Yeah. What am I supposed to expect if I can't even get the very bare minimum met?
0: Yeah. And I don't, like, I don't know for you if it feels this way, but... We talk about this in person a lot or on the phone, but it feels really vulnerable to put on a podcast because I get afraid that if I'm really honest about how disappointed I am with my experience with men, being a 37-year-old woman, I become the bitter single woman Mm -hmm. that's like bitching about men that I've warned my coaching clients about for years. Like, don't be that girl. Like, Mm -hmm. no one likes a bitchy woman, (laughs) you know? Yeah. But I do like yesterday when we were at the Museum of Ice Cream, you asked me the question, what is something that I believe that I haven't said out loud yet? Mm -hmm. And you guessed for me that it was that I think I'll be married in a, a year. That I'll be in a, a significant relationship in a year. And I could have cried when you said that because I want to believe that. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm i sounding like a broken record right now, But, or at least to you. I feel like I can imagine my life alone at this point so much more than I can with a partner. Mm-hmm. And I can imagine having a kid on my own more than I can with a partner because it Feels it does feel like desert wasteland out there, and I feel like disappointment after disappointment after disappointment. And I also feel angry and frustrated.
2: Yeah, and I don't know how to get out of that. To be yeah, honest. how to get out of that loop or whatever cycle we're yeah. in, or if it's all in our imagination and it's just right around the corner or whatever. But
0: well, don't gaslight yourself or your story. Oh, right, right. It's not in my imagination. <laughs> it's not in your imagination. <laughs> Hence, Exhibit A. Yesterday. What happened yesterday?
2: Right, I got ghosted. Yeah, like, what but the?
0: tell, share what happened.
2: Honestly, um, it was a very—it's sh- a short story. Met someone on a dating app. Seemed to be great. Seemed to be moving in, literally only one direction, which was forward. Mm-hmm. Based on his doing, I was kind of just being funny and having fun with you mm-hmm. about it. Like, meaning, Kat and I were over here cracking up about what to reply because we didn't give a shit at that point. We're like, whatever, I'm here just for two days. Yeah. Um, anyway, um, this guy set up a date, then um, moved it a couple hours later for work reasons and seemed fine to me. Then... Never heard from him again.
0: Well you right? heard from him because he not only did he push the date back, but then he He wanted to set a
2: time a day. He said a
0: time, a day, which was yesterday. A and place, a restaurant. And he a picked the restaurant.
2: Yeah, twice. He picked two different restaurants, yeah. two different times. He followed up on it, made sure I didn't have any dietary restrictions. Yeah, even that. We were like,
0: okay, this guy is yeah, at least he's thoughtful. asking the right question. Yeah. Anyway. Are you, do you have a gluten allergy? <laughs> I was like, okay, this guy has a little emotional intelligence with the ladies. <laughs> and then never hear from him again.
2: Like, honestly, dude... You're not my, like, I'm not trying to marry you here, yeah. but where's the decency and just saying, like, whatever it is, whatever it is, like, whatever came up or whatever he was thinking, whatever. But, like, the just the decency as a yeah. human being, like, I feel very confused by it, how yeah. it's so difficult for some people to just say, like, sorry, I got busy today. I don't think I'll make it yeah. or or whatever it is. Like, who the who the hell knows? Like yeah sorry, just don't think this is a good idea. You don't even live here. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Like, that's fine. I get that. Mm -hmm. Fair. Or uh, whatever. Whatever it is. Yeah. Um, So that's the context for what was going on yesterday and when we were at the museum.
0: Yep. So the story I told myself yesterday is when we were talking about the date he's texting you back, my instant flag about him was when he said are you free for lunch between 1 and 2 Mm p.m.? I was instantly like, I don't like that. Mm -hmm. And the story I told myself is that you thought I was being a little jaded Mm -hmm. or too hard on him because you're – let's just be honest. You're way more breezy than me.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But I did not like that he didn't set a specific time Mm -hmm. because – and that was like the one little thing that I saw because everything else was – Him making a plan, what place, dietary restrictions, let's meet here, between 1 and 2 p.m. And it was, what, like 9.30 a.m. at that point, Mm -hmm. 10 a.m.? And I was like, so Sarah, like, how does that work for you? Is that not stressing you out? Mm -hmm. And your response was, no, like, I just assume he'll let me know closer to the time or whatever. And for me, what I hate about that is I hate feeling like I'm waiting around on a guy, like Mm -hmm. that. I'm like a damsel in distress in my prayer closet, just waiting around until he decides he knows when he wants to meet up. And then I am just ready, you know, and I said that. And I think you were still... Did you think I was being too hard on him at that point? I think I said
2: something along the lines of, like, don't put your shit on me, Kat. Yeah,
0: you did. <laughs> you did. You did. Something gentle Something like that. gentle like that <laughs> were the exact words. Um, but I've... Like, my experience has been... I mean, I've dated so much this year. and go it, into that? Yeah. <laughs> but it's been so much of that. Like... The guy I went out with a couple weeks ago who, it's all similar but different. And this has been my pattern all year of guys being so into me from the beginning. Them, I mean, the guy I went out with a couple weeks ago, we went out thrice. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, on date one, he said, I'm deleting Bumble. You're the only person I'm interested in. And yet there was still that gut thing that I was like, I don't know. Like, there's something about him that he feels like a fuckboy to me. Mm-hmm. Or a re- uh, at least why I wanted to give him another chance is because in the Bridgerton TV series, mm-hmm. they say reformed rakes make the best husband. So I'm like, I can't judge who he was in the past. Who is he choosing to be now? Our second date, remember, he stood me up.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: He, that night after our date... Uh, I really, I can't wait to see you again. I know you're going out of town on Friday. What's your schedule tomorrow? Can we meet up? Yes, I'm free between 6 and 8 p.m. Does that work for you? Yeah, that could work. Great. Let me know what you're thinking. Mm -hmm. And he's like, awesome. That works. I hear from him on Thursday during the day, just texting. What are you doing? How's your day? Blah, blah, blah. We're texting until like 3 or 4 p.m. I'm just kind of waiting to see, is this guy going to make a plan? Mm Mm-hmm. And he didn't. And then we were supposed to meet up at 6. Finally, I was like, I'm just being, I'm being too hard on him. And I feel like you and Francesco were saying, you know, give the guy a chance. Don't be such a hard ass. And so I was like, all right, I'll reach out to him. Hey, I'm free. Like, are we still going to meet up like we talked about at 6? And it's 6 p.m., by the way. Nothing. I did end up hearing from him, but at 1030 at night. Mm-hmm sending a picture of him out with his friends mm-hmm. on a school night. <laughs> it was a school night. And I was like, I don't even know what to do with this. And I, all I replied was, looks like you're having a fun time. And don't hear from him again until midnight or past midnight. What are you doing? You up? Yeah. So that whole realm. And I didn't get that till I woke up the next morning to which I even remember when I – hashed it out with you Mm -hmm. what I'm gonna respond to this person I think that you thought I was being maybe too hard on him a little bit I don't remember but probably probably yeah (laughs) (laughs) sounds about right yeah and I said why don't I just read the text whatever whatever this might as well fucking happen (laughs) yeah mmm
2: do we just sound like two scorned i know women? that's
0: the thing that this scares is not me about this a giggly episode. this is <laughs> not a giggly episode okay where hmm. are we oh here we go so i responded to him and then we'll get to our main point about why do we think the, the bar expectation is so low is so low yeah and what do we think what are our oh, expectations God. scrolling, scrolling, scrolling through this text set. Here we go. So that next morning, I was like, you know what? I don't give a shit. I'm going to share my heart and share my experience because not only did he text me at midnight that night before, what are you doing? He then texted me the next morning. Good morning. Are you leaving today for my trip? Which I was leaving. At which point he still hasn't acknowledged that he stood me up the night before. So here's my response. Morning. Yeah, I'm leaving here in a bit, smiley face. Hey, I wanted to touch base about yesterday. Based off what we texted Wednesday night, I thought we had plans to get together last night around 6. I was bummed not to hear from you after I followed up about meeting up. Then you didn't really acknowledge it. You just sent that pic and then texted super late. I'm super intentional with my time and big on being my word and being honest. So in that, if plans or things change, what I would want is for you to communicate that with me so we can honor each other's time and space. Also, the story I tell myself about late-night quote-unquote what-are-you-doing text slash you wanting to see me again later on Wednesday night is that you may be looking for a more casual thing, which is totally fine if you are. But I'm definitely looking for a relationship and something meaningful. So I just wanted to share where I'm at and put out there what came up for me last night and check in to see where you're at. All right. That's all I got for now. Let me know what you think. I'm really proud that I said that. So proud. And I wish that you would have had that opportunity to share that with that guy yesterday, but you tried to follow up. Nothing. Like, did he die? Did he get arrested? Did he have to flee the KGB? Like, like what happened, What happened, man? Um, to which this guy, he kind of tried to dig himself out of the hole, so I gave him another chance. But it was like again and again and again. And I was like, I'm done. Like, I'm literally done. Mm-hmm. So anyways, I feel like that's a dime a dozen of the stories I've had this last year. Sounds like you as well.
2: Well, no, I don't, haven't been dating. Oh, that's right. You know, like I, re- I just haven't been dating. I haven't been interested. I haven't been open to it. If I'm being super honest, just mm-hmm. based on the the year I've had.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, now this was my first, like, very, very, um, low commitment mm-hmm. entry into the dating world again. Yeah, that felt like safe and fun and playful and light. And then this happens, and I'm like, oh, this is why. I don't want to do this. Yeah. This is why. Like, can't, I don't, I don't get it, girl. Yeah. I don't get it. Is my energy super um, angry right now? I, that's okay. Yeah. And I mean, if it is, are
0: you okay with that or what's coming up for you?
2: I think I have always felt insecure about coming off as that girl mm-hmm. who is scorned or angry mm-hmm. or has like, that bitterness about mm. her. And I know I'm not that that's not me. Right. Um, and I don't know how much of me really not wanting to date is that. And how mm. much is me really not wanting to date? Yeah. Like being honest with myself of where I am in my life and with Levi and Levi, my son, um, like really not wanting to give up time with him for mm-hmm. anyone. Yeah. And, and I don't know how much is that genuinely and how much is me wanting to avoid this crap.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think what's so hard is I think you and I both believe that our mindsets determine our reality. And so much of this is flipping the script around. And yet it's so hard when you're trying to believe a different reality. As we look at my vision board, that's right behind us. I know. Thank you. But then you have just, you have another situation that adds to that former narrative of why aren't, guys able to show up in this way but back to your question about you know am I coming across as angry what I hear is like an insecurity of other people seeing you as that mm-hmm. which I feel like in the last few years publicly, I have been (laughs) angry. Mm -hmm. I've been angry about stuff with the church. I've been angry mainly about stuff with the church and Christianity, Mm -hmm. stuff with my dad, stuff with dating, all of that. And what I've experienced publicly is I've even— I remember being on a press call when my book was launching and a man interviewing me and saying, wow, you're angry. It sounds like you hate men. And— My reply to him was, actually, I really love men, which is why I want to call men to a different, higher standard. Because I believe men are created in the image of God just as much as women are. I believe men can have integrity just as much as I do. I expect it because I think men are awesome. So when they're not living up to who I know they were created to be, it's frustrating. And the feeling of anger is often a proper response to a boundary being violated. Mm. And I think culture, especially Christian culture or religious culture, but culture in general is very uncomfortable. Did I sound like I was from New York when I said that? <laughs> very uncomfortable. <laughs> oh, that didn't sound like anything. <laughs> no. No. Not New Jersey housewife. No. I think culture is very uncomfortable and judges women for being angry. I think what I experienced in the last few years was there's not much worse than being a woman in the church, but an angry woman. Mm-hmm. You better watch out. No one, well, no one wants an angry woman. And I think the only thing worse than that is being a woman of color and angry. Because you have, there's no space in culture for a woman of color who is angry. Mm-hmm. I at least have whiteness, which is a privilege. But we're taught from such a young age, be agreeable. You know, be who the man wants you to be. Don't upset him. Don't upset his precious ego. So I wonder if that your fear of being seen as angry is a part of that cultural conditioning of being just don't rock the boat. Be nice. Be a good little girl. Don't show too much emotion, whatever that emotion Mm -hmm. is like numb yourself down, play small, Mm -hmm. because you don't if you show. Your true feelings—that's going to be too much, and no man wants that. Mm-hmm. What do you What do you think when I say that, or does that resonate? Or
2: no, it definitely resonates. And I'm trying to think back to my earliest memory of when I may have learned that. Mm-hmm. Um, because growing up in Puerto Rico, it is a Latin culture, obviously. But there's also that like machismo, mm-hmm. which there are parts of machismo I really, really love in, in year and yearn for in my in my partnerships of like the woman being super like nurturing with her partner, and there there's that other part where I have experienced and seen um, the woman playing small in mm-hmm. order to keep her partner big, I guess and. Yeah, I've I've I feel like I've always done a good job like owning my voice in in my own family, mm-hmm. you know? And I feel like they're they're they and you are probably like the main people who really know my voice cuz I've never shied away with them or you or, you know, my closest people. Um, but they're also probably like that's probably, you know, based on psychology, like where I learned a lot of my thoughts and fears and, and current things that I hold as truth. Um, Mm -hmm. that being one of them being that just stay cool, Mm -hmm. like be agreeable, Mm -hmm. you know, um, don't rock the boat. And sometimes I'm like really bummed that that is one of the truths I know. Mm -hmm. I wish so many times that I was better at, um, Just using my voice. And Mm -hmm. I know that, like, that's one of the questions I have for you for the podcast today is um, I actually expected myself answering it. But it's the question of when it comes to dating, when it comes to men, what is something you want to work on? Because the answer on my end is owning my voice. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I've been trying to work on this for a long time. yeah, And I think this entire conversation that we have been having today is Related to that. Yeah. And owning my voice and owning how I feel and owning, like, not just owning, but expecting that from the other person, too. Mm. And I feel like that's what really bums me out is, like, when I am interacting with a man who I might or not might not be interested in. I wish they would just own their fucking shit with me. Yeah. It's like, are we flirting? But <laughs> just to be clear, are you interested in me? Mm-hmm. Are you interested in pursuing me romantically? Mm-hmm. Are we just friends? So that I'm clear. I'm a big girl. I can handle it. Mm-hmm. But like, let's just be clear with one another. Yeah. And I feel tired of having to be the one to bring that up. Mm-hmm. I feel tired of having to be the like the big girl here and being like, "Hey, I'm interested in you. Are you interested in me? Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. That's fine. Let's keep moving forward. Mm-hmm. If not, but why? I just feel like I'm tired of that. I'm yeah. tired of like putting myself out there mm-hmm. so many times, and and I, it's like that practice and owning my voice and owning how I feel. But I'm just tired. Yeah. I'm just, and I'm disappointed. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I'm just super bummed, which yeah. is another word for like angry and mad yeah. and.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, typically under the anger is the real stuff, right? Like anger is the symptom emotion of like, I'm sad. I'm disappointed. I feel disillusioned. I'm hurt. I'm hurt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's like we have to let ourselves feel that anger to get down there. Real talk. I have bad BO. Like real bad. Left my own devices. I smell like I am wearing week old gym clothes. And I really wish I was exaggerating. So, finding a good deodorant has been a passion of mine for a long time. I've tried so many non toxic deodorants over the years, but none of them worked. But then I discovered Primally Pure. A friend of mine swore by them and even gave me one of her bottles for free and said, Trust me. And she was right. I have now used Primally Pure's deodorant religiously for the past five years, and I don't have to worry about how I smell anymore. My personal favorite of theirs is the charcoal deodorant. And by this point, I've pretty much used every single product that Primally Pure has to offer from their bath soak to body butter. And I'm always incorporating their products into my daily skincare routine. So go to link.primallypure.com slash the refined woman and use code TRW10 to get 10% off your purchase. That's LINK dot com slash the refined woman and get 10% off your purchase with the code TRW10 or simply use the link in the show notes or episode description. I mean, when I think back to even the major relationship you had in New York, one of the things I was always so impressed about you and his dynamic is how honest you were with each other. Mm-hmm. But then I think one of the downfalls of your relationship is you were honest about so many things, but you weren't honest with him about, like, actually wanting marriage and wanting kids. And then three years in, you finally started to own that. And he was like, what the fuck? I've always been honest with you. Mm -hmm. And it it, it was so threatening to him Mm -hmm. because... He had kind of owned from the get-go, I always want to live in New York. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I really want to have kids. Mm -hmm. I don't even know if I believe in monogamy, right? That was his thing. Mm -hmm. But you really liked each other and loved each other and had so much honesty in so many parts. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't until almost the end of your relationship. And then you were kind of upset at him but it was like, wait, well, hold on. Like, you haven't been owning this the whole time. I remember even having a conversation with you when you were dating with him. And you were like, I don't think I, you know, I don't know if I need to get married or have kids. Or, And I remember being like, Sarah, that's like the most true thing I know about you. What do you mean? Mm-hmm. And I think I'm curious. So I, I say that. And I think since that breakup, you've owned that stuff way more. Mm-hmm. In all your relationships. Obviously, now you have Levi. Mm -hmm. It's, of course, you value Mm -hmm. your family. And I think that's been one of your things in the last few years in dating is you value your family so much. And you're leading with that, that it it can't be denied, you Mm -hmm. know? But why do you think you weren't able to own that part? Because you and him had such an honest dynamic, Mm -hmm. but you kept that thing so close. Do you think you consciously were hiding that desire or in that moment did you feel like that desire really wasn't there
2: I don't know how to decipher mm-hmm. what I want
0: for mm-hmm. real sometimes
2: mm-hmm. and I don't know how to figure that out like I really don't know how to like, go into my heart and be like do I really really want a marriage mm. or do I really really crave a beautiful partnership forever mm. I don't know yeah like part of me is like I would love to get married. But another part of me is like, I can see how not being married could still work. Mm -hmm. And so I don't know what that balance of those two things are like that, this or that. I don't know what that is. I don't know where my truth lies. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if I just need more therapy to figure Mm -hmm. out like... Well, one is black and the other one's white, so it's one or the other. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, to me, a lot of things, and these are big things, like yeah. marriage, kids, mm-hmm. life decisions, a lot of those big decisions I don't feel one way or the other about.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And I don't know what that is. And yeah. I I don't know how to figure it out. Yeah. Um. But with that relationship with New York, like, I don't know that that was any different from what I'm explaining right Mm -hmm. now like in the moment it felt like yeah I don't know because I have a great relationship with this guy I don't necessarily think I need to be married Mm -hmm. like that's just my logical way of thinking Mm -hmm. because I had a great relationship yeah so I don't know if that was just like his truth kind of blending into my own psyche or if it was like that I actually feel that way Mm -hmm. so to answer your question I don't know yeah (laughs) I really don't yeah I I feel like it's something I'm trying to figure out Mm -hmm. in a lot of things like yeah what do I want? I got that scene of the notebook. Yes. What do you want? What do you want? I feel like it's that's It's not me. that easy. It isn't. <laughs> it isn't. It really isn't. I feel like if someone were to shake me up right now, I mean, hopefully it's Ryan Gosling. Oh, yes. Um, Ryan Gosling, man. Okay, mm-hmm. sorry. Okay. i distracted. If he were to shake me up, I still... Oh, when I went to MITT mm-hmm. or MIT, whatever it's called... Yeah. They there was an exercise. Like, what do you all essentially are shaking each other up and you're getting screamed at in your face? Like, what do you want? So uncomfortable. Yeah,
0: like over and over, over and over again and over. until you really like start saying what you want.
2: Correct. And I just remember thinking, like, I don't know, I could do this or that. Yeah. Like, everyone, chill out. <laughs> I could be a photographer, I could be a mom, I could But like I want all those things, mm-hmm. but like and in terms of marriage and relationship and kids and what we're talking about, I still don't know. I'm like, so life can take so many iterances. Mm-hmm.
0: Is
2: that the word? Is that a word? Iterance?
0: Iterance? iterate? Iter- I- I- oh, that thing's happening. We're like, what does it sound oh, like? Where are we? <laughs> <laughs> it- Iterances. Itineraries. (laughs) Life can take on so many itineraries.
2: Life can just take on so many... Iterations. Iterations. Thank
0: you. Sounds like, looks like two syllables. We're playing charades. I
2: I just think I want... I just think there are so many things that can happen with Mm -hmm. life, and I want to be flexible to whatever comes my way. Mm -hmm. And... I am okay with that. Like, I feel okay knowing that I might not get married. Mm-hmm. I feel okay with that. I'm mm-hmm. going to be, I think, disappointed, but I'm okay with that. Mm. Like, I feel like I crave more the partnership yeah. than the marriage. Yeah, I crave more the family unit than the marriage.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and with kids, I feel like I... Would love to see Levi as a sibling, but also the thought of starting over again really scares me. Mm-hmm. Really scares me. Yeah. Um, and so I'm like, well, if it happens, great. And if it doesn't happen, great. Like it's, mm-hmm. I have a positive attitude about it. So I know this is a long answer to your question. Of but I don't know what it was with that relationship with with you know my New York boyfriend, and I don't know how much of it is me not owning my voice
0: still. Yeah. Yeah,
1: Um,
0: which goes back to what is the thing that you're trying to work on? mm -hmm. And so this morning while you were on your computer and I was doing my little quiet time and I started crying. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. That music. Yeah, we were listening to this like soaking worship playlist Mm -hmm. and I'm reading this book called The Soul of Desire. Mm -hmm. And it's all about how God created desire and desire is good and our desires can even reflect. Our desires have the capacity to reflect this infinite depth of longing that we all have. And that infinite depth of longing is like eternity in a sense, which I had never thought about that. But what it was saying this morning was how all Underneath all the desire is this deep, deep, deep longing to be seen mm-hmm. and to see, to know and to know, to be heard, to be fully accepted. And that ultimately is a desire for the infinite or the divine, the creator, God. And I was reading that and I think I got emotional about it because as a woman, I've been told, I feel like my constant thing is I want too much. Mm -hmm. And that even goes back to our initial question at the beginning of the podcast. Am I expecting too much out of a man, out of a husband? Am I wanting him to be my lover, my best giddy girlfriend that I can braid hair with and Mm. do silly voices with, but also a business partner and my spiritual confidant and mentor or someone who can help lead me down a path spiritually— And who gets along with your friends. And who gets along (laughs) with my friends. And who loves my family. Mm -hmm. Am I wanting too much? Mm -hmm. And so I feel like there's a part of me where I think my whole life I have felt like I want too much. I'm expecting too much from the world. Mm -hmm. I expect too much from myself. Which I would say, I don't know if you agree, as a general rule of thumb, I expect too much from myself. Mm -hmm. Which then, in turn, I expect too much from others around me. And... It felt so healing to read this passage that was saying that my desire was this really, really beautiful thing. Because I also think in Christian world, I was taught my desires are all bad. They're quote-unquote fleshly. My heart is deceitful above all things. I can't trust my desires at all. And I think part of the journey that I've been on during this sabbatical is figuring out what I want. Mm -hmm. And even in the dating world, do I want to date a Christian guy? Do I not? Do I want to have sex before marriage? Or not. What what do I want? Do I want to? And I have felt similarly to you in the sense of there's part of it that I'm like, I don't know what I want. I feel like I've opened Pandora's box on all these spiritual questions, Mm -hmm. which then has opened up all these questions about sex and sexuality, which then is like, well, then who the hell do I date? Mm -hmm. And I've wondered, do I want too much? And I think... I, I think it might be a both and. I do think if there's a regret that I have that I've been really processing through the last year is feeling like I was ex- basically expecting my husband, partner, boyfriend to be God. Mm-hmm. And how many guys do you know of that I didn't even give a chance to? Because it didn't look exactly the way that I thought it should look, would look, was told it should look. And probably missed out on some really beautiful relationships because I was so attached. I knew so much what I wanted that if it didn't cross every single I, wait, if it didn't (laughs) dot every single I and cross every single T, I wouldn't even look at the person. And now... I'm like, swinging the other way. Yeah. I'm like, back to has the bar ever been lower for men? Mm -hmm. Whereas I'm like, will you actually make a plan? Will you show up to the date? Mm Will you ask me a couple of questions? Not only that, but listen to the answer. Right, will you be curious? Mm -hmm. And then I think one of the biggest things I've experienced this year is it is so easy to come in hot Mm -hmm. on that first date. I think I, I don't know what it is about me. I evidently nail a first date. Mm-hmm. I'm really good at them. And I've told you so many times, it's like these guys know the script. Like, are they genuinely believing this? It seems genuine in the moment. They're like, you're so impressive. Oh, my gosh, I haven't met a girl like you. I like you so much. I'm deleting all the apps from date one. And then by date two, they flaked on me. Or by date three, or two weeks in, or three weeks in. I think this year it hasn't lasted past like three or four weeks with these multiple different guys that I've dated that came out of the gate so hot and strong but I I think I've overestimated my expectation but also at this one I'm like you showing up and being your word and being curious and asking some questions goes so far Like, I was talking to my baby sister, Grace, who's 20 and in college. I was with her and all her girlfriends after they went out for Halloween the night before. So we're all talking, and Grace is talking about this guy that she has gone on two dates with. And she's like, I don't know, like, the attraction isn't super there he's really, really kind. And he makes a plan. Like at the end of the date, he's making a plan for the next date. She's like, but I don't really know. And I was like, girl, that goes a long way. And if a person is kind and shows up and makes a plan, I'm like, that person, unfortunately, right now is a diamond in the rough, it seems like. And then all her girlfriends who are 20 were like, the bar is so low. And they were like, but it's just college boys. And we just can't wait till they're older. And then my little sister was like, guys, I hate to say this, but my sister is almost 40. And she's having the same stories. And all that to say is, I think the bar's never been lower. It's like, Ugh. It's like at this point, I'm like, I don't even know if the guy's going to show up after he's made the date. Mm -hmm. That's sad. Mm -hmm. And yet part of it is have we as women created that dynamic? Because we're like, oh, yeah. um, Yeah. Lunch between 1 and 2 p.m. I'll be waiting. Whenever you decide to text me, I'll just be ready. Like yesterday you had gotten ready done your hair and makeup like you were ready to go waiting for him to text have we lowered the bar so much out of our own disappointments that we're like yeah if he if he just messages me and makes a quasi plan like I'll go out with him I think what I'm trying to figure out is what's the middle ground mm-hmm. and do you think that we as women, as a culture, have also fostered this low bar for men. Like, we don't expect a lot.
2: I can only speak to my experience, you know, and it does seem, based on my experience, that it's, the bar is super low. Mm -hmm. And I don't know whether that's our doing, our Mm -hmm. doing meaning, like, us as a gender, Mm -hmm. whoever we're talking about, like, a straight, like, a hetero right and so I don't know also what it's like as a guy Mm -hmm. I have no idea Mm -hmm. I'm not a guy dating a girl girls nowadays so I don't know I don't know that there is anyone to blame Mm -hmm. all I know is we are where we are and the experience is not great Mm -hmm. so to answer your question I don't know I don't know if we've done this I don't know if they've done this I don't think it matters I just think like we need to work on something to get out of this cycle. Yeah. Because I don't see it getting any better. And I really don't know what it's going to be like in the future, Mm -hmm. respect wise for each other. Mm -hmm. Because I think this all boils down to respect. Mm. And. If you don't have just, like, the basic decency, the basic respect to just treat another person with kindness, Mm -hmm. the world is really in, like, a dangerous
1: place. Yeah, yeah.
2: Like, if there's an attraction to someone, right, and you don't have the kindness to say, I am not interested, Mm -hmm. or I'm going to make a plan with you, and Mm -hmm. then I'm going to flake out on you, Mm -hmm. like, I don't think we're moving in the right direction. So I really don't think it matters how we got here. I just think it's more important what we're going to do from here. Yeah. And so that's where you and I get to figure out what that middle ground is Mm -hmm. of like, how can we own our voice and still allow space for flexibility Mm -hmm. in life? Right. Um, And I don't know the answer to that because, but I do think that doing that is going to, we're going to hold each other to different standards and we're going to hopefully rewrite whatever script is
0: happening right now. Right. So... Yeah. What do you think about? Yeah. I mean, just as you're saying that, I'm thinking back to your question of what do I want to work on in my next relationship? And I think <laughs> it's so hard for me when you're like, it doesn't matter how we got here. Mm-hmm. So that's your, your nine on the Enneagram, mm-hmm. which I feel like so much of what you've explained today of like, I don't know what I want. Like this part of that is, I think, part of the way you're wired. And I'm an eight on the Enneagram. So I'm like, no, there's right and there's wrong. And I want to be right and live on my throne of rightness and point out everyone's wrongness. So for me, I'm like, it matters how we got here because part of how we get out of here is acknowledging and figuring out how we got here so we don't repeat history. Mm -hmm. But I think you're also very right is I often choose rightness over relationship. Mm. And I think that's a lonely place to be. <laughs> um, and I. when you're asking, you know, I don't know where do we go from here, I wonder if part of that solution is you, me, sitting with what is it that I really want and being able to clearly communicate that. From not an entitled place, not a bitter place, but from an unattached place of here's what I want. I deserve to. I get to take up space in this dynamic. Whether it's, hey, uh, let's plan on maybe lunch between one and two, and my response being, hey, one thirty p.m. works for me. Does that work for you? Or I'd really like to set a specific time because my afternoon's busy. Mm-hmm. You know, and I I think that's the number one thing that I've. I want to work on in relationships moving forward. And you and know, I have talked about this. I think the biggest thing that I learned from my failed relationship last year that left me so heartbroken and with so much regret is I played the cool girl. I didn't fully say what I wanted because I was scared, mm-hmm. I was terrified of putting myself out there. But I was also like, well, you know, let's just, you know, be cool about this. And when that relationship ended, I realized, oh, I was self-preserving by not owning my truth. I didn't want to be too much. I didn't want to be seen as like this. I want too much woman. You know, God forbid I have desire. I didn't want to be bossy or be leading things, quote unquote. And I didn't want to put all of that out there and then get rejected because it felt like if I really own what I want and take up space here and share my full heart and I get rejected, that's going to hurt so bad. I don't think I can handle that. Whereas what I experienced And that relationship is so much regret because the relationship didn't even get a chance because I didn't share what I wanted. So I was still heartbroken and then left with this pain of all these words left unsaid. And I mean, the podcast people know this as well, literally two days after he ended things with me. I cut my dad out of my life. I was like, from now on, I'm sharing my truth and I'm practicing taking up space in the world. And he and I ended up having multiple conversations over the next few months where I got to practice. Hey, I'm, this is what I really wanted. These are the things I didn't say to you. And his jaw was on the floor. It was already too late. He had moved on. But since then, that's been my practice. Even the guy, that I dated right after him. I remember, I've experienced this so much in the last year, but I was like, wow, this guy's being so vulnerable. Whatever he wants, he literally, it was like his heart was on his sleeve, and I don't even think he realized how vulnerable he was being. Like, we'd be just hanging out, and he would say, I'm so giddy about you. I just, I just want to make out with you or I, I really love being with you. And the, there was almost this child likeness to it. And that was the first relationship. I mean, I don't know if we even call it that we dated like what, four or six weeks, but that was the first time that I was like, I'm going to try on saying what I feel about this person I've never been the person that would initiate texts like I'm thinking about you I miss you or I can't wait to see you again and kiss you or I I'm just so happy getting to know you I would respond if a guy said that but I wouldn't lead with that and since then, I, that's what I've been really trying to do. Even me sending the text that I read to you earlier was so hard for me because I felt like, oh, it's just been a first date. I, I shouldn't like want too much. But I felt like, no, this is practice for me to say what I want
1: mm-hmm.
0: and just really strengthen this muscle of owning whether it's right or wrong or whether I fumble my way through it or I scare them off or whatever. I'm going to start practicing owning that muscle. Even yesterday, I texted that guy that we've been working together on a professional basis. And I came to the realization, I like working with him. But really, my agenda is I'm interested in this person. I, at the very least, want friendship with him, maybe more. And so I owned that. And I honestly, what gave me that courage is that night before when we were on Bumble and we were both like, who the fuck cares? Mm-hmm. Let's just say whatever we want to these guys. Like we were having so much fun. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if part of the funness was us not giving a shit because we were just like, this is what we want. Mm-hmm. We're going to be silly. We're going to say these things or, yeah, I want to do this or, yeah, I want to meet up, whatever. There was so much freedom in that. Mm-hmm. I like, couldn't sleep that night because I was thinking, oh, my gosh, what if I did this with this guy that feels like there's a little more at stakes with? Mm-hmm. And I was like, who cares what he thinks of me? Mm-hmm. What's the worst that could happen? Him say, yeah, I don't want to be friends with you. I only want to work with you. Great. That's not what I want. You know, so I texted him yesterday told him, hey, I really love working with you. It's been so lovely and challenging. You're so gifted. Thank you for sharing your gift with me. But what I really want is to close that loop and open up a door for friendship and exploring that. Mm-hmm. If you're open to that, great. If not, also great. And when I sent it, I Honestly, felt it doesn't even matter what he says back because the breakthrough was like, oh, I'm owning what I want, mm-hmm. and I think that's going to be that is my continual invitation in dating, and in all relationships. But I'm, it's so easy for me to do that with women. Mm-hmm. I'm like, it's hot in here, <laughs> <laughs> and with a guy, I'm like, no, I just you know I run warm and I glisten, <laughs> I'm like. If I could show up with men the way I show up with women, I wonder what would change. And I wonder what would change with the bar being set so low if we, as women, as you, you yourself and me myself, started first sitting with ourselves, which requires time alone, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is probably hard for a young mother mm-hmm. um, Go to my closet I'm just going to my closet. And what is it that I want? And maybe we can't figure out all the answers, but we can at least know, all right, you know what? When I go on a date with a guy, I at least want to feel like this. Mm -hmm. Or in order for me to feel safe with a guy, these three things need to be present. Mm -hmm. And I'm just gonna own that and practice it and see what happens. Because a part of me really believes, I think men want to rise to the challenge. And I know this is going to be gendered and probably sound archaic at this point, but I think of, like, the brave heart thing, you know, where it's, like, men want to fight for something. And the bar has been set so low, I think, by society, by unlimited options through online dating apps, like decision paralysis, by women being taught not to want too much and be appropriate and agreeable. There's a million reasons how we've got here, and I think we have crippled men's desire to fight for something because we've made the bar we've all made the bar low and I wonder if part of it is like a woman being like hey no if you want to be with me you got to be up here and whenever women are like why do you guys like text late night you up text and I'm like if we all kind of agreed as women we're no longer responding to those texts I don't think guys would send them I really don't. I think part of it is us raising ourselves up and saying this no longer will fly and then getting to be comfortable with, yeah, I'm glad you didn't end up going on a date with that guy yesterday. And that's why I was talking to my realtor on the phone (laughs) this morning, telling her your story, if that's okay. (laughs) Okay. Um, And she was like, I'm so glad that your friend didn't go out with that guy. It would have been wasted energy because if she liked him and had a good connection with him, she would have just found out later on that the guy doesn't have integrity. Mm -hmm. And so part of it is being comfortable with, I might be single a little longer. I might be alone a little longer, but I am no longer willing to settle. And not from a place of bitterness or anger, but I know who I am. I know that I'm allowed to take up space in the room. And I'm going to own that. Just I just think the whole world would change if we as women gave ourselves permission with each other and with men in the world around us, to say, actually, 5 p.m. works, period, the end. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. What do you think? Well, boys. Well, boys. Be careful. Be, if you if cross you us. you cross us, we will talk about you. <laughs> that's right. You know how hard it is not to say these guys' names? Seriously, I know. it is really hard. Serious. Um, Seriously. Like, have you seen <laughs> it <was> my silhouette? <laughs> okay, we've been talking for over an hour. Uh, so no maybe. one's going to listen to I this. Know. Maybe we should wrap maybe it up. Maybe we should. Maybe now we should start the episode. Yeah. that we're
2: actually going <laughs> to publish.
0: All right. Well, this will be all for now. Do you have any a closing mm-hmm. comment after my TED Talk? <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm just going to work on it, you know? Mm-hmm. And I'm also going to hold guys to that same standard.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And... I mostly don't give a shit, to be honest, about how I come across. But then when I get hurt, it matters. Yeah. You know? Um, So with a couple of guys in my life right now, if you're listening, (laughs) you're about to get a message. You better watch your back. (laughs) I'm about to ask you a really uncomfortable question.
0: (laughs) You can go shave your back now. But even when you say, I don't give a shit, I'm like, but you do. But I don't. But you do, or else you wouldn't be here.
2: Uh, (laughs) Meaning I'm not attached to the outcome with them particularly Mm -hmm. or specifically. Um,
0: What better grounds to
2: practice. Right, exactly. I'm not attached to the outcome with them specifically, but it matters in the sense of how I want to feel as a woman, as mm-hmm. a human being. Yeah. And so yes, it does matter, but I also don't give a shit if it doesn't happen with that person. Right. You know? Yeah. Um so my closing statement <laughs> is let's like as a as a woman collective, let's rise up in the sense of let's hold ourselves higher. Mm -hmm. And, and demand that in a, by just our own actions, Mm -hmm. by to demand that from, you know, our partners, whatever gender they are, but like, let's rise up to just not take just anything. Mm -hmm. Like, let's, let's demand more. Like, I feel like that's my invitation, to Mm -hmm. be honest, this year or next year when it comes to to dating I just want to hold myself to a higher standard
1: yeah
2: and to address kind of like what you were saying earlier and I've always told you this you don't you don't want too much you're not expecting too much you deserve it all we all deserve it all like it's my mom tells me that all the time you deserve everything you want and it's so true like we deserve literally everything we want and we get to fight for that Mm -hmm. and we get to open the doors for who wants whoever wants to step up to that
1: mm-hmm.
2: and that's my challenge to myself my invitation to myself this year is opening the door for the right person and enjoying life with that closed door if it's not the right person yeah because I'm not gonna give my energy like your realtor said yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't wanna. And another thing that happened to my best friend today. <laughs>
2: I don't... My energy is precious. Your energy is yeah. precious. My time is precious. Your time is precious. I'm not just going to give it away at mm-hmm. this point.
0: Yeah. And I think the nuance and layers of life is those are all really beautiful things, but teasing it out. Mm-hmm. Yes, I deserve everything I want. And... That means I get to sit with myself. What do I want? What do I desire? And then looking at my expectation on others, am I expecting a man to be something that only God can be? That is something that I'm really, I'm just really wanting a business partner, you know, like it's examining the desires, teasing them out, being curious about them. Yeah, that's it. That's it. All right, okay, M- we might record another one. I think, I think we're just getting started. See you later.
2: Okay, bye. <laughs>